<clears throat> God, thanks so much for uh, loving us the way you do. It's incredible, God, to, uh, to know that as we strive to be parents, that uh, we have the, the perfect uh, parenting relationship already in place, and that is uh, your, your fathering and uh, your, your leading of us and of our hearts, of our souls. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, we want to be a parent the way you're a parent to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we all come in uh, to parenting in this world with uh, all manner of backgrounds, all manner of uh, parents that stand in our backgrounds and examples that we see around us and all those kinds of things. But ultimately, God, we're grateful that, that you provide uh, in the way that you, uh, you work with Jesus and the way that you work yeah. with us. Yeah. Uh, a real perfect example of being a dad, being a parent. And uh, we want to be like that. And uh, we want to see our kids grow to become disciples. We want to see our kids grow to be able to leave our homes ultimately and navigate the world uh, in a way that's, uh, that's confident, in a way that's spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we look forward to, we look to you, to your word, and to your church to help uh, lead us uh, in that. We look to, to partner together as parents and uh, to really uh, help one another and support encourage one another along that path, God. I love being a dad. I'm so grateful for that. I really always uh, feel that it's one of the primary ways that you tell me you believe in me, uh, that you let me be a dad. And uh, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for our time right now. I pray that it really be helpful to the group. And pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. Look at a couple passages that sort of set our minds. And Ephesians chapter three um, is uh, is one of those passages. In Ephesians chapter three, verses twenty and twenty-one, uh, this uh, a classically favorite passage for many many people. Uh, it says this: It says, "Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power." That is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. To him who is able to do immeasurably more. You know, this is a moment when your kids are these ages, and we're talking about sort of preschool and elementary school, uh, it's, there's, there's always time to dream for our children. But this is just a moment when dreaming is what there is. I mean, it's just like, man, the future just all is just like laid out there. It's like it just it stretches out, stretches out the form. And her, and you just anything can happen, and uh, and this is the moment to be praying about those years that have come ahead. This is the moment to be preparing our hearts and minds for for what's to come ahead. This is this is the moment. This is the moment when you get to decide what is it we want to create. I mean, it's a moment to be really big dreaming, but also very thoughtful. And that's not a contrast, but to really what do I want? What do I want to create uh, in my son's life, in my daughter's character? Uh, and, and how, what, what do I need to do now for that to be true 10 and 12 years from now? Uh, and I know we were just saying a minute ago, it's, it's, it's hard to picture our four-year-old being 14 and our five-year-old being 15, but yeah. they will be before you know it. And, uh, and it's, you know, there's an old saying, you know, the, day, the days drag and the years fly, and that's bound, that's always going to happen. That's just the way it is. And uh, one day you're going to wake up and you have a 15-year-old is totally influenced by how we do with uh, now that they're five at this moment right here, and uh, and that's a that's it can be scary, 
but I think it's exciting. It, it's it's an opportunity, and it's and it's God who can uh, really guide us with that. So this is our moment to set up uh, for success. Another passage to look at real quickly is Deuteronomy chapter six, and this is but this is uh, instruction all, all is as succinct an instruction as you're going to find uh, for parenting in the Old Testament I suppose outside the book of Proverbs but Deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, verses 4 through 9 uh, says this it says hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your heads, hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And, uh, and just say, it's a time to model. It's a time to, to be an example. It's a time to, time to really show our children what our values are. So as they think about what their values are going to become, they know what mom's values were. They know what dad's values are. They know what your family stands for. And, uh, and this is just incredible, just to have, uh, to have a relationship with God that you can impress upon your children is an means you have an incredible relationship with God, one that you're really striving for. It's not an issue of how good am I, but am I progressing? Am I growing? Yeah. Uh, am I excited about my walk with God? And uh, he talks about writing on the door frames of your homes and your gates and stuff like that. And it's just an issue of, of weaving our relationship with God into our family life. What, what is, how is our house going to be built? And, uh, and I want to talk about that today in terms of relationships. Because ultimately, the Bible is about relationships. It's ultimately, you know, us and our relationship with God. Uh, but it's a, I've heard it said many times, that Christianity is a religion of relationships. And, uh, and relationships will add up to this. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, four different type of relationships really quickly. One's going to be the parents, that's us, and God. Another, our parents with their child. And then our family with God. And then our child with others, the world around us. Uh, and so that's where we're going to go, and uh, so we'll jump right in here. So parents and God, us and God, if you want your children's number one priority in life to be God, then your number one priority in life must be God. There's just, you can't get past that one. It's, it's got to be. Yeah, there are all kind of kids who come from all kind of backgrounds, and we're probably ten of them, that, uh, that you know, love God anyway, right? But growing up in the church, you know, our kids need to see us loving God and loving his church. Uh, Enoch, of course, Enoch is best known for having walked with God and never dying, right? He just, he kind of, God just took him into heaven. But before that, it says in Genesis 3, I think for Genesis 3.21, it says that Enoch lived 65 years he had, then he had been, when he became the father of Methuselah, and then he walked with God. Now, I don't know what he did for the first 65 years, but it was when he had a child that he goes, oh my goodness, I need to get serious about the Lord. And, uh, and we've all had our children now, or about to, and, uh, and it's, oh my goodness, 
We need to make sure we're really serious about the Lord. Amen. Our parents, parents, we need God. We do. We need God because we need to have an example for our kids. But we need God because being a parent, as fun as it is when they're four and five years old, it's still not only fun. And we, you know, we need to be able to, to, to weather some of those storms. We need, to be able to, we need to be able to accept the good times with humility. We need to be able to accept the challenging times with faith. We, you know, we, we need God if we're going to be great parents. Uh, and, I, and part and parcel with our walk with God is we need to love his church. I mean, we need to love his church. That means that, man, I mean, to the extent that it depends on us, we don't miss church. That, that means we get our kids out on Wednesday nights. That means our kids, if there are Wednesday nights, I don't know how, they, how you guys meet. Uh, that means that once a month or once a week or whatever it is, there's a Thursday when my son is more tired than he otherwise would be. And I'm sure there are medical issues. There are always going to be an exception, but all that. But in general, we need to love his church. We need to talk about God's church in a way that communicates our enthusiasm. That means, of course, along with people who we meet along the way. You know, we need to be sharing our faith. We need to be so right up about our, the Lord's church that we tell people about God's church. The, uh, Larry was in our campus ministry when our first son was born. And, uh, and at that time, I, I just put Ryan in a stroller and started walking around the Northeastern University campus in downtown Boston and, and sharing my faith, you know. <laughs> And uh, we, we kid that, you know, Ryan's first words were, do you live around here? And then you know, <laughs> he, was, he was always out there with me. And, and that's just the way it was. And now I'm not saying that all campus ministers, I'm not saying it's the most relatable way to build a campus ministry. But it worked for us, and it's worked out for Ryan. But, uh, but that means we're not critical. That means if there's things that are, that are not right, and there's always going to be things that are not right, then we go and we talk to folks. We're not, it's not on the way home with one another, right? It's not at the dinner table. It's not when you think he's sleeping. No, he's not sleeping. If you're saying something negative in your house, your child's going to hear it. That's just the way kids are. It doesn't matter what you're talking about, you know? And, uh, and we don't, we don't want to affect our kids with that. Right. If there's something negative to deal with, let's go deal with it. I mean, don't just, shut, don't just stop it. Don't forget about it. But let's work with it the right way. And, uh, you know, I had a friend recently complaining to me. We have a good talk. We've known each other a long time. But the comment was, there's nothing there at church for them, where, they, where he was attending for my kids. And his kids are teenagers. And I was like, yes, there is. There's a place to give. Now, he didn't have a place where people were designing programs for teenagers to do. That's true. But there is always something for kids. There's always a place to give, at the very least. And so we start with our relationship with God. Starting to build our kids. I don't know if you want to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think, that kind of to reiterate some of the things that Mike talked about with midweeks and stuff, because I think moms can be a little softer. It sounds like my kid needs to get their sleep. And I was always very about my kids' structure, you know, and getting in bed and stuff. But those things are important. But I think it's really, it's really important that we teach our kids at a young age to push through when they're tired. You know, and if we know there's going to be a midweek on Wednesday night, that on Tuesday, we're going to go to bed a little early. You know, but because life is not going to revolve around them. And they're going to have to learn to push through when they're tired. We, we do. You know, and to give. And I just think it's important to really, it's so important that our kids value what we value. And that they see, man, church is so important. 
good. It's a time we get to be with God's people. We get to learn about him. We get to give. We get to be friends. And um, there was a point, you know, where our kids growing up when they were younger, they used to go every Wednesday. You know, we had children's ministry every Wednesday. So every week they came. And then we changed things a little bit to where it wasn't every Wednesday. And when our older son told Mike, what did he say to you? He was like in the... Yeah, I was explaining to him that there was no midweek this week. And he was like, don't we love God anymore? Yeah, because he looked yeah. forward to it. But a lot of that is because of the training and the importance and, you know, just the benefit. And I've seen young <laughs> families when they start choosing, like, sleep a little. And again, there, I know there's, there's exceptions, but get advice. You know, talk to somebody. Um, but it's so important that we teach them the priority of God in this church, just what the Bible says. I mean, ultimately, they're going to study Luke 9.23, where it says, anyone who would come after me must deny himself. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of building that character into our kids when they're three and five and six, uh, that'll, you know, that'll resonate better for them when they get to be, you know, challenged by themselves. Um, I want to talk a little bit about us as parents with our kids. Now, just so you know, this is not the second most important relationship going on. Now, we don't have time to do marriage. It's not all about marriage. But relationship number one is us and God. Relationship number 1A is, is us and our spouse. And, of course, being a single mom is a little bit different. A lot different. But, the, uh, but, but it's a married relationship creates, uh, when it's, it creates a security or a solid married relationship. It's going to create a security and a not solid one when, when you're both there. Is, is going to create an insecurity. And so you gotta you got to work that. you got to make that work. you got to get advice on that. Uh, it's huge. And we're going to talk about unity in a minute between husband and wife. But, um, but if you're married, that's the next relationship that matters. But parents and child. Here's the big thought. And we actually said last night, Phil said last night, we are the adults. Okay? That means we are the ones who are, in fact, in charge. Which is to say, they're not, okay? <laughs> the little rugrats are cute little guys and gals, but they're not the boss. And so when it comes to figuring out what, what do I want my family to be and what do I want the schedule of my family, the priorities that my family schedule will reflect is on you. And we can't put it on our kids. And uh, the idea that, you know, they sign up for every last thing in the world. I mean, I, my kids were involved. My kids were always in season, all the time growing up. They always had something happening. They did. But ultimately, they always knew that they weren't going to play on Sunday mornings, that they are going to get there late for, you know, they, if the game was at noon, they were going to miss the warm-ups and, you know, all on a Sunday. Uh, and Wednesday nights, they were going to miss, you know, miss a game on a Wednesday night. That, that was going to happen. And so you, you, we've got to make sure that we have our families' schedules set around what we know to be important, not what our kids think is important. Uh, and again, there's a lot that we can still do. My kids did tons. They did tons and tons of stuff. Uh, but, uh, but we need to be the ones who lead. Uh, when it comes to, these are years. This is kind of a not fun part. These are years when we say no a lot. That's just the deal. It's much more fun to say yes. I'd rather say yes. I prefer to say yes. But these are years when we say no a lot. Because these are years when they, they don't have any idea what the boundaries are. And so they go and test them. And when they hit them, we've got to say no. That's just what it is. 
And uh, we need to be able to be comfortable with that. And we got to be able to find ways to say, you know, you know, we do this instead. And, you know, I mean, you don't have to be just like, you know, the hammer or anything like that. But, uh, but there needs to be, hey, we, we know what our boundaries are. And this is, that's, that's what they're going to be. And, and there has to be a real unity between husband and wife. That's the unity. Like this is this this is what we believe to be important. And uh, and we're gonna and if, if someone starts saying something, you know, at the dinner table, one of you guys starts saying something at the dinner table, you're not feeling that great about it, just kinda of bite your tongue for now. And uh, and maybe go, hey, before we finish signing up, can we just, you know, make sure we talk again, you know, or whatever, you know, before you sign on the dotted line and give them a hundred dollar registration check for Little League and whatever it is, and, and then you know, make sure you've talked and, and gotten unified. But uh, but this is where we're going to create and we're going to communicate our family's values. It's going to be during these years. Um, yes. Yeah. Sure. No, I, and I think our kids are smart, and they know who to go to. Like, for what? I mean, our kids know. I mean, they, they know. They know who will say yes easier to that question, and who will say no. And that's why, and we've made mistakes, and I've made mistakes at times where, you know, I, maybe I've said something and then I shouldn't have, I should have talked to Mike, and it creates division in our family and stuff. And so I think it's the unity part is so important, and not to let your kids manipulate you to get, to try to figure out, like, if they talked to one parent and they said no, well, then they went and talked to the other parent, and you don't know that, and then they get, you know, it's just, so I think just being aware of that because yeah, I have had to learn. Well, let me just check with mom on that, you know, because when they want candy, of course they're they're adults now, right? but growing up when they want candy, they go to mom. When they wanted to do something a little risky, like get, go into town, go hang out with their friends, something like that, then they come to me because that's I say, oh yeah, go go get them, you know, and you know, and she goes, oh sure, more sweets, but the uh, no, but we were both wrong, okay? Right? <laughs> so. Uh, I do think it's important when we're disciplining our kids, make sure we're dealing with actions, not character. You know, it's things like that was selfish, not you are selfish, right? You know, we talk about not, not labeling our kids or putting them in a box, but that action was wrong because it's selfish or mean or whatever it was. Uh, and uh, and hmm. you want to say something about consistency there? Yeah. No, and I think this is I, this is something that was hard for me as when you're a mom and you got younger kids, you're tired, and it's so easy to not be consistent, just do what you want, you know what I mean, I mean, you say no, but then they wear you down, and then you're like, whatever, I'm going to have to worry about that one, (laughs) it's like, it's, no, it's true, and I, I, you know, when we had our first, and then I got pregnant with our second, I was sick, and I'm like, you know, just, but it's so important to be consistent, if I say no on something, to stand firm on it, there was a reason why I said no. And I know there were times where I just, I gave in, you know. And so they knew that. They knew that they could, next time, we can get mom again. You know, <laughs> make her, you know, so I think it's just the importance of consistency. Not that you're never going to change your mind on something, but that they really understand why you're saying no and then sticking to it for the most part. And of course, parent and child, we're, we're building our relationships, right? We're not just disciplining and all that. And uh, there's all kinds of things we do for that. I mean, having fun, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but I heard this one thing. I think Scarlett and Teresa, someone else, did a, a marriage class with this thought. But anyhow, 
kind of the, the 16 most important minutes of the day. And the idea is there are certain moments of the day that are the sweet spot. And if you've ever sort of played a racket sport or something, there's a, uh, there's a point where, you know, if you hit the, hit the tennis ball with the tennis racket in a certain spot, then, or baseball with the baseball bat or whatever, um, that you don't have to swing it so hard. If you hit it in the sweet spot, the part where it's really meant to be hit, it'll go forever. And, uh, and you never, and you don't have to really actually hit it that hard. You just have to hit it right. And uh, there are moments, and you can study, or you need to study your kids and know the moments when that's the sweet spot. That's the moment. Or, or be, just be aware when they're coming in, that's, that's the moment. And uh, 16 most important minutes of the day uh, are spots to look for that being the sweet spot. One is the first four minutes of the day when they first get up. You know, for my kids, we had breakfast ready. You know, my kids, are, they love to eat. That's uh, their boys and all that. And so I'd get them up, and they'd come down, and breakfast was waiting. It was just the first four minutes of the day went a little bit smoother for us that way. Um, the first four minutes, and you can translate this into marriage too, but uh, the first four minutes, or the last four minutes before they leave the house. As they head out to get on the school bus, or as they're getting out of your car if you drive them to school or something, how those last couple minutes go. I, I want them to leave me and my presence solid, secure, ready, not scattered, not running around, let's, let's be organized with our backpacks, let's not be bickering together and all those kinds of things, but those first four minutes, last four minutes before they leave the house. And then, of course, the first four minutes when they come back in the house. You pick them up or they're coming off the bus, or you pick them up from daycare or whatever it is. Uh, but but what, when, when, they, when they experience you next after six hours or whatever it's been, what is their experience with you then? And then the last four minutes of the day bedtime. Uh, and for our kids, that was always that was a big deal in school. So I should have that. Yeah, no, I think that that's important. I think for kids, there's times, you know, and I, we have boys, you know, and they'll you come home. Larry was talking about this with his son in school. So how'd you do? What went on at school today? You know, and how was fine? You know, the details. And I'm always I'm trying to help them with the. I told my, well, I told both my boys, I said, I'm asking you a lot of questions because one day, preferably, you're going to get married and your wife is going to want to know the details. So I'm just training you. <laughs> and so I'll tell them that every now and then. Well done. And um, my, I caught several years ago, it was the last day of school, and I took them to lunch. They had a half day, and I went, we were having lunch. And um, I said, so what was your favorite thing this year? And, you know, what are some things you want to do this summer? And, you know, I said, Mom, too many questions. And I started to do my little spill, you know, that I'm training you because one day hopefully you're gonna get married. And my youngest looked at me, he goes, Mom, let me tell you right now, I am not marrying a woman that asked me that many questions. Like <laughs> 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 old Daniel. But anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, um, but I think but there are important times where our kids let down and they and they wanna talk. And it's yeah. important as parents that we catch those times. You know, and I know for uh, for us, bedtime was a real important time where they would they would start talking to us about because they didn't want to go to bed right at first, right. you know. But hey, you take it, you know, take that little time, and they kind of let you into their little heart, um, and those are important. I mean, I, remember, I mean, I used to get both of our beds and our boys in our bed, and I would sing to them, and we would laugh and play. So Mike, for many years, our boys had bunk beds. And he would go in their room, and he'd be laying on the floor right beside them. Sometimes he'd fall asleep, you know. But but they loved knowing that Dad was there, you know. And those are just special, special times 
uh, where your kids let you in, or and you can maybe learn a little bit about their heart, what they're feeling, and really take advantage of those times because I cherish those times. I mean, I, I miss. My boys are six too. I can't get them in bed with me like I, you know, um, now. But it's those are really special times, and I think the more that we can get inside our kids' hearts, um, the more the more we get. So. Amen. Um, so us and God, us and our kids, our family and God. I mean, you need to have your own personal. You know, I'm so excited about this, my relationship with God. And, and that's, I know it's not every day like that. It's not every day like that for me. It's not every day like that for you. But over time, we're growing. Over time, we're excited. Over time, we're knowing God better. Over time, we're more faithful. But as a family, how do we connect with God? These are little guys. I mean, we, we, we can talk about them, talk with them about their relationship with God. But really, it's going to just reflect what we're doing as, as a family. And, uh, and it's, you know, again, it's back to church as a priority and the family of God that's that's just so um, visible to our kids it's such a concrete example of, of the centrality of God in our lives uh, have you know the fact that they see you and know you are reading your Bible even to say to them during your one of those four minute slots or over dinner you know man I read this you know, you know, Methuselah was over 900 years old, or whatever. You know, it's just some some funky thing that you found in the Bible today that you thought would be really cool, or or something that really touched your heart. You you know, just sharing that, now, they won't pick up on that a whole whole lot probably, but uh, but the fact that they see you uh, living out your relationship with God, uh, and and that, and that you're pulling them into that. Of course, family devos. Uh, you know what? I was really bad at those. I really was. I was very insecure about them. Uh, I tried to get my kids to sing. They wouldn't sing. I can't sing. I don't know how to do the wheels on the bus go around and around. You know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I try and have this thought, and they wouldn't be paying attention. And it just it made me crazy, and I did a bad job at family people's. They're not that hard. They're not as hard as I made them. You don't have to get all that stuff going on. You know, just, you know, reading a Bible story over dinner, and, and we, we got it, right? Uh, uh, amen. We have, that's right. We read David Blatt all week. We're going to do it again. Fair enough. I mean, it doesn't matter. Just... Reading you know, on Monday nights, you know, one night a week, to read a Bible story over dinner, something simple, is, is really all it takes. Uh, my son, there was a point where we did read the Bible together a fair bit. My son, at one point, he knew the David and Goliath story so well in the children's Bible. He was preschool. And he, um, he could take the children's Bible, open up the David and Goliath, we get it open David and Goliath, and he could do it word for word, without a doubt, Turn the pages, the six pages in the children's Bible, did the whole thing. He did that, and one of his friends was over, and he goes, Mommy, and his friend, Mommy, Mommy, how come Ryan can read and I can't? Ryan didn't know a lick. I mean, he didn't know how to read anything. But at least we, we just read the Bible, that one story so often, you know. Uh, but you don't, don't stress out with family devils about making them all big and elaborate and make sure that we have, you know, response cards at the end and everything. <laughs> just, just, you know, read a Bible story, sing a song, say a prayer, anything, any one of those things. If you get two of them, you get a gold medal. But, you know, it's just, just getting, it's just participating together, right? That's all it is, just participating together. Uh, one of the things that Scarlett was huge was, was praying together as a family. That's one thing she was going to talk about. Yeah, and I just don't want to elaborate just about with the David and Goliath. Mine then went into both when the boys were in preschool. They would go to preschool three mornings a week for a couple hours. And he did. He went in and did the David and Goliath. Yeah, we actually had a public school, a couple of public 
schools actually let me do their David and Goliath devotional. I don't know. Wow. Like they were doing family traditions or something like that. They had, somehow it was. You know, and I said, well, our family tradition is we do this, you know, Bibles. And so, like, I was Goliath. We cut up a sponge, and they, the kids all threw rocks at me. There were sponges <laughs> and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. It was really yeah, good. no, it was cool. Good, nice. But you know what? I, I think one of the most humbling things is being a parent. It oh. really is. There's nothing more humbling, and there's not a formula, you know, and every kid's different, and um, it just, it keeps me on my knees. Like, I need God, because I lose it, I don't, you know, I get upset, I get anxious, I get fearful, you know, um, about them, and so I think prayer has been such a saving grace that God gives us that, that we can talk to God anytime, you know, when we're losing it or whatever, and I know within our marriage, I'm so grateful that we pray together, you know, that's so important, but also, I think our kids, our family unit needs that so, so much, and we just started, when we go to church, we pray together on the way to church. When we go to school, we pray together on the way to school. When we go to a baseball game or a football, we pray on the way. If they're going to a party or something, we pray. You know, and sometimes their friends would be over, friends in the church and stuff. And oh, there's been a couple that weren't in the church. They just prayed with us. We said, this is, you know, this is something we do. And it's just cool because that's just a part of what we do. Because we need God, you know, and we, we pray before we go to church to be giving, you know, that, hey, let's have a great attitude, let's really be giving and joyful, we won't be tired if it's a Wednesday night, just, it's kind of like what the Hebrews 10 says about considering how we may spur one another, that we're helping our kids and ourselves to pray, and it's a connection, too, like, you get a piece of each other's heart, and to see what one, and any time I pray with him, I feel more connected to him, and the same with my kids. So um, I just think that's so, so important uh, because we need God. I know I do, you know. So without him, I'm a mess. And with him, I can rise up a little bit better. Cleaned up mess. But the, uh, that's right. But, uh, but anyway, uh, one of the things is, uh, I don't know if falls if in this category. And again, I know we're just kind of throwing a bunch of stuff out. We're trying to just stimulate conversation, not overwhelmment or anything like that. Uh, but the, the great thing about our kids at these ages is most all this stuff is pretty simple. You know, with it, ten years from now, it's not simple. It, it's not it's not simple to get a teenager to pray with you. But at, at four, it ain't so hard. Mm-hmm. And then ten years later, they, they, they oh yeah, I I, I go yeah. They, I mean, our kids we we're praying. My kids don't fit in the backseat of the car anymore, but they still sit there. But the uh, but they know when we're going to pray as a family. Daniel, Ryan, Mom, Dad, Daniel. That's just how we do it. So we've been doing that for a long, long time, you know. And it just kind of, hey, let's say a prayer. And Daniel starts and line. we just do it. And um, that's just kind of how it goes. But it's because we started so early. And uh, and you guys are all plenty early to start all anything. And, and, and just pick a couple of things. Uh, one thing that I always did, I always had DP times with my kids. My kids didn't even know that DP in my world meant discipleship partner. But, uh, but we did that. And I'd get with my kids one-on-one. Uh, twice every three weeks. I was trying for every week. I never quite hit it every week for a, a long stretch, but twice every three weeks, four times out of five or six weeks. And, and DP time for me and my kids meant we'd go to Starbucks and they could get a Frappuccino. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, that's what they were fighting. When they were little, it was maybe hot chocolate. Yeah, hot chocolate, whatever. But they, you know, we'd go to Starbucks <laughs> and, and we'd hang out and Starbucks is attached to the Barnes and Noble and so we'd maybe find a book and read it and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But, 
But in, in some days, it was like, you know, 20 minutes. Like, they get the frappuccino, sit down, they drink it, and they're like, I'm ready to go down. And I was like, oh, we failed, you know? Didn't work. And, uh, <laughs> and we, didn't, we didn't get heart to heart and whatever. But he's eight, okay? Chill out, Mike. And, and then uh, other days, would be like an hour, we'd be talking about all kinds of stuff, and it was really cool. Uh, so a lot of days, we'd be... Uh, you know, go to the magazine section and get the fantasy football magazines out and plot out our draft strategy for oh, fantasy yeah. football. And you know, we did all these kinds of things. And so, but but they knew they they knew they had that I was accessible, right? That's kind of what the bottom line. Uh, they knew that that they could get to me. My kids still know they can get to me. My kids know. I mean, I'll get to me. But I I I've never had a phone in my bedroom. Never ever 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 ever. And I just I don't leave phones in my bedroom. Um, but once my oldest son left the house, my phone is now in my bedroom. Because if he needs me at 2 o'clock in the morning, and he's, you know, he's not in my home anymore, uh, I want him to get me at 2 o'clock in the morning. And he has called a few times at roughly that hour. But the, uh, <laughs> I'm just getting out from the police station, which is a real blessing. But, the, uh, uh, but nonetheless, you know, they, they need to, I want them to know that I'm successful. Then finally, uh, our kids and others. And of course, this is the most difficult one to navigate. And, and about which I have the least to say. But the um, but we did, the family devos we did, I do remember doing a bunch of family devos on 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 says something close to uh, bad company corrupts good character. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And uh, and we talked about that a lot. And, and the point of that one was that, yeah, you can be friends with whomever, right? Uh, as long as, at the end of the day, they're becoming more like you, you're not becoming more like them. Mm. If when they're around you, they know, yeah, Ryan Dunn's, I, I can't swear so much, and whatever like that, that's fine, that's great. But if, if by being around them, you find yourself telling dirty jokes, you find yourself swearing, you know you're doing, saying things you shouldn't be saying, then we need it, then either that relationship needs to change, and you need to start to lead it, and then become more like you, or you just can't hang with that guy anymore. And we talked about that a lot. Mm. And uh, that was sort of the overarching principle and, you know, of, uh, of how you know, their relationships went with, with their friends. The, uh, uh, we certainly, uh, we, we have an advantage of having a larger fellowship, 200 people in our region more or less. Uh, and so there are more kids, but we definitely, uh, they had friends, but we definitely worked to make sure they had friends. We, we had them to connect with singles and with adults in our region. Uh, they certainly, we, we drive a lot of places, and especially they got older. We drove all over the Boston church. We didn't just kind of hang out in our little neighborhood uh, to help our kids have relationships with people that, that we knew would be positive for them. And uh, uh, adults, again, adults and kids, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really big deal. I know, did you want to talk about that a little bit? Or? Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's... Um so important. I know when we are, Ryan, our oldest son, we were in the campus, so there were like there were no other kids really around. So it's funny. Ryan's second birthday was all the college students, and Ryan, you know, they, they're, and I think my nieces and nephews. Um, but the value of your relationship with your kids, like what you can provide for him and what you can provide for their kids, you know, it's just so. And your son, it's so important that we're strengthening that and that we're really fostering that because there'll be a time when maybe Emmett gets older and says, you know, I want to talk to Larry. He'll talk to you. You know, because you feel 
that camaraderie. And it's funny, we have a great friend, Larry and his Dave Seavey, and they were, he was in the campus with us, and, um, and he's 47 now, but he was um, a campus student for my son's third birthday party. He dressed up as Batman. He's like, he has a full Batman costume. He, he dressed up at his party, and he just became, you know, he was so special to my boys to this day. When they see Dave, they are so engaged with Dave. Like, they have such a special relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we can think, well, it's got, I don't have, a, I don't have somebody my kid's age, you know? You know what? you got so many spiritual people around you that are taking advantage, you know? Uh, and I know when, when Mike has come to our house, I know my boys have loved talking to Mike, you know? Sure. And just, and I'm so grateful they for that as a mom. I'm so grateful for anybody. You know, if you love my kids, you love me, you know? <laughs> and it means so much. So I just take advantage of that and help foster that. Do things together as families, you know? Um, really pull one another. And we have a single mom who is a great single mom. You know, she's got a son that's 26. He's autistic. And um, he is a part of our fellowship. Yep. Like, he is everybody's son in our fellowship. And she became a Christian when he was two years old. And he is just, everybody knows Jordan. If you come to our region, Jordan will be one of the first to reach out to you and, you know, grab your hand. And But he's just become a very, he's just become a part of everybody's family. He's yeah. so special to everybody in the metro. And so I just think it really, really is important. It was really cool. We were at the Waldorf last night. And Gracie, the youngest, right? Yeah. It came up and um, Euro's fiance, Monique. Monique. She had just come in and she, I, I guess she'd been out of town running. Gracie came and ran to her and just said, Hey, I've missed you and it's so good to see you. And I just thought, That's so awesome. You know, because palm trees have opened their home up to Monique and they're getting the blessings of that, of serving, because Monique is reaching Gracie. And they were like, They were hanging on, on her today after church and just those valuable relationships are so important we need them i need them i mean i know i'm 10 times better when i have a lot of people around me you know and so i just think if we need them our kids need them but we got to kind of be little parents and at these young ages i think it's so important to foster it and the camps provide that you know as your kids as cole was talking about it's so incredible. We, we were able to do preteen <coughs> camp. Mike did it for eight years, and I did it for six. And it was such a such a cool environment for our kids to meet. And then, and then, just a quick comment on technology here, and then we'll close it out and open up for questions and stuff. Um, I don't know, you know. Obviously, technology is continually pushing into younger and younger ages of kids, right? Uh, my kids got their first cell phones Christmas of seventh grade. That's when they got theirs. Um, that was easy with Ryan. Uh, Daniel, he was dying. He couldn't believe he had to wait till then, you know. Uh, and it was it was the dumbest phone we could get. There was nothing smart about those phones when they got them. And um, and then Daniel uh, assures me he was the last child his age to oh, actually get it on the planet Earth to get a smartphone. But um, but nonetheless, finally, I think it was a year and a half ago. Was it last Christmas? Nine months ago? Might have been just nine months ago. It was just ago. last December because when I got mine, I didn't have yeah. one either. So Daniel was a, a junior in college. So, so, so he, 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 he hung in there for four years. I included, he got a quote-unquote upgrade to another dumb phone one time. You know, he went four years before he got his first iPhone, whatever. But um, the, uh, 
but there's a few things, and I don't know how all this stuff works for you guys, but um, everything I've read, and so of course I raise boys for a living, but everything I read says don't don't let a screen get into their bedroom. You know, no TV, no computer. My kids, they still don't. My my 18 year old son who lives at home. He still he plugs the chargers on the kitchen table. He tar- he put the, and he leaves his phone there when he goes to bed at night. Uh, the pornography and just all, all kind of foolishness is out there. And so when it comes time for your kids to have screens, and maybe they do now, uh, I I've never everything I've ever heard or read says don't let those screens in the bedroom. Uh, you know, once they go out online, they've left your home. Right? I mean, just as sure as they've walked out the front door. And that's just the way it is. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about that fact other than try and do what you can to teach them what neighborhoods to walk in. The, um, the, uh, but there are, there are uh, a few things like we've always done. Um, we've, I've never, never allowed a phone at the kitchen table. We've never allowed texting and calling at the kitchen table. I've never let them. Now they're, it's, it's a little bit different now at their ages now. Um, but but even now I still will correct them. Uh, they, they don't text and call when they're in the car with me. We are here together as a family. That's what we're doing. That you know another time. You know the uh, now that of course those things put a, a responsibility on me. Okay, that doesn't mean I have to not have. Uh, we don't have a TV in our bedroom. Um, and it doesn't mean we can't. But it sure does mean it's easier for me to enforce that if I don't. Okay. Uh, it sure is easier for me to say, you know, my son starts texting like crazy next to me on the phone in the car, and then you know, I, I say this to both my kids in 2018. I go, what, what are you doing? And they know exactly what that is. That means, hey, what, well, I'm here. Put that down. Uh, we're in the car, and that's a lot easier for me to say because, in general, I'm not on the phone in my car. For sure, I'm not on the phone in my car when my kids are there, and the uh, and so. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean I can't be, but it sure is easier to enforce that thought because that's an important thought to me um, if I'm not going to be doing it. Uh, Facebook, I don't know what the minimum age for Facebook is. It's 13 or 14. What is it? 13. So whatever it is, um, my kids, you know, we, and we, we have lots of, we have like lots of conversations. You know, when I talk to my kids about, uh, about sex, and that started, I think it was age six. That's when I started, uh, you know, birds and bees conversations age-appropriate. There's all kinds of books you can read together and all kinds of things. Uh, I, I've at, I started in their elementary school years asking them about pornography. Um, it was probably in you know, elementary or early middle school and all the years blend. I started asking them about masturbation. I, mean, I have all these conversations with my kids. The first time was the most awkward thing on the planet Earth, and the second time was the second most awkward thing on the planet Earth. <laughs> but, uh, but now it's natural. Now, you know, we, we talk about it. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, but when they got Facebook, uh, I was, you know, the decree was I would be their first friend. I got Facebook the same day my oldest son got Facebook. And now I love it. I'm not going to Facebook, but, but I was going to be their first friend. That's just the deal. We're going to be, we're going to be tight like this. Uh, my kids have uh, all kind of blocks on their phone that I have the password for as far as, you know, Safari. You know, there's always ways to get around this stuff. But, uh, and then, and they, but they, they've worked. They, 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 they've taken Twitter off their phone. There's always, there's always going to be a loophole. But, uh, but I've, you know, as far as being on, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's get on, they just get on the web. They have smartphones. They can do all the apps, all the stuff. Um, but, but the web is blocked. 
Um, and so, uh, and the app store is blocked. They actually have to come to me in order to download a new app. But the, uh, uh, but that's, you know, it's a joint conviction. Of course, they were 16, 17 as we were doing those things. But, uh, but, but it was a natural conversation because, you know, purity was a big deal in our home when we talked about it. And, and it's, you know, I'm not sure all again, kind of started talking about birds and bees around age six with my guys. But, uh, I couldn't believe I had to. I was like, six? Are you kidding me? You know? But sure enough, there it was. Uh, but anyhow, so we can uh, certainly talk more about all that stuff. But that's uh, so those are some thoughts we have. I just wanted to give you, again, 20, 25 minutes worth of some ideas um, and then be able to open it up for as much conversation as, uh, as you'd like to have. Unless there's something anything else you have at this point. No, I, the only thing just about with technology, I think sometimes we can use that to babysit our kids. Yeah. And, you know, as the babysitter kind of thinking, let me get you quiet. And not that that's wrong every time, but if that's what we were doing most of the time, you know, I think, go outside and play and, you know, read a book or, you know what I mean? There's just things that our kids, these kids that are growing up so just so, in this social generation of being able to talk to one another and expressing and not just texting um, each other. Amen. Okay. So, now I open it up. I mean, any other questions or comments or what you mean by this or I disagree with that or, or, or we talk about some aspect of things that we didn't bring up or.